to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Lord, we give you praise tonight. We give you praise and glory. Mm. And Heavenly Father, we just ask tonight that your word would be made alive unto us by the quickening power of your Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Do miracles and speak to your people tonight individually. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, I think some of you are building your library now in your house with good products and good materials because what is really the price of exploits? What is an exploit? It's doing something great that distinguishes you, that God works through you. What is the price that you have to pay to step into exploits? You know what it is? It's exposure. Exposure. You, you need to see it. Why? Because if you see it, you think, well, first of all, somebody has done it. And if somebody did it, that means there's potential for me to step into it as well. Right? So that's why when you read the Bible... And when you read spirit-filled books and good material like that, then you begin to get exposure. And sometimes God will even send you there on purpose for nothing else but to walk around and look what somebody else did and to see it, touch it, and take it back so you can do it where you're supposed to be at. How about that? Amen. Woo! Glory to God. When I moved to North Carolina... We had moved from Southern California, moved out to North Carolina, and moved into a little bit of county, maybe 30,000 people, and in the county you got yet small little towns. And uh, this one town, I don't know, maybe had about 9,000 people. So I'm, I'm preaching in this one church. The pastor's probably uh, 40 years old, wife maybe 40 years, 40, maybe 38, something like that. And I was talking to them, and as I talked with her, she told me that for her entire time on the planet, talking about 40 years, right, she has never left the state. Let's go further. She told me she's actually never left the county. I said, no. I said, the county line's only like eight miles over there. I've never crossed it all my life. Or is it like there's sharks on the other side? How come you've never gone over there? I mean, there's nothing over there but grass. The road keeps going. Oh, no, I, I've never left the county. Never left the county. Hmm. Exposure. You need exposure. I said, um, what do you need God to do for you? She said, I'll be honest. I need a job. My husband does the preaching. He gets, you know, doesn't get paid very much. You know, small little town. And it would just really help me and my husband if I had a job. A little bitty town with jobs, most jobs, minimum wage, and a few that would, you know, move you up from $8 to $10 if you, you know, had certain skills. And outside of that, there's not much on the horizon. I said, well, now I have had exposure to other things beyond this county. Would you like me to pray for you for a good job? We're talking overflow. Well, well, yeah, sure, I don't, I don't mind. Go right ahead. I prayed for her, and she got a job just a few weeks later for $35 an hour. Amen. $35 an hour. Then she 
started getting into all the stock benefits of, as this telecommunication company just began to explode and hired her. And it began to explode and just, and I saw her husband one day, she said, he told me, he go, oh, bro, bro, she said, she's making so much money. Woo! And they're happy, happy, serving the Lord, praising God. Amen. Amen. Exposure. Hallelujah. You're going to see something in the spirit tonight. God's going to give you exposure. Why? Well, he's he going to show it to me so I can, I can twiddle my thumbs and, and tell people I saw something. No. You're supposed to move into it. Amen. You're supposed to move into it. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I saw an angel. It's not just about... There's a reason for that. You understand that, right? There's a reason. They don't just show up to drop you a feather. They don't just show up and say, Hey, do you like my wings? Did you notice I've got wings? I can make them stick out on both sides at the same time. There's a reason for these visitations. God's trying to pull you into something. Tell the person on your left, Somewhere tonight you're going into the glory. Tell the person on the other side, Say, You need to come along into this. Hmm. Lord, we give you praise tonight. God's going to be speaking to many of you tonight right where you're sitting. Even if I can't get my hands on you, still, right where you're sitting, God's going to be speaking to you. Watch what He's going to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, tonight. Hallelujah. So there's, there's shiftings and changes that take place as we go from glory to glory. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's... Let's go down to verse 3. Paul's trying to talk to the, uh, the Christians uh, in the city of Corinth. And, uh, you know, he founded the church. He loves them. He's their spiritual father. But they're a little bit rebellious sometimes. Uh, a little bit carnal. What does the word carnal mean? Paul said, don't be carnal-minded. The word carnal is a word that came really from the Greek. They translated over into the Latin and in many ways left it into the Latin when they brought it into the English. It means meat. Mm. Ever had chili con carne? Yes. That's chili with meat, right? So what does it mean to be carnal-minded? It means Paul's saying, don't be a meathead. <laughs> it's hard to get into the glory, and it's hard to catch these things of the Lord if your head's all, you know, like, uh, all like down here all the time. Mm. See, God wants you to be the fanatic in the attic not the old feller down in the cellar. <laughs> Living that low life. Talking that crude language. Involved in all kinds of things that are just, they're just so low. They're so low. But God wants you to get up here with your spirit. Amen. The fanatic that's screaming, come higher. Let's serve the Lord. Yes. Mm. Well, we need to keep him locked up. He's dangerous. No, freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. Let your spirit be free in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Paul's helping them out here. Verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're, they're not physical. They're not sticks and spears and things like that. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Well, what are these strongholds? You have to understand there are demonic strongholds. I've seen them before. These, these evil strongholds would be like fortresses up in the air 
if you ever look up on this, uh, you, you're close to the Atlanta airport, so you probably see the airplanes all the time. They fly over sometimes, you know, much higher, a couple thousand feet up in the sky. Actually, if you could see in the spirit and you could look up, uh, and there's certain places in the sky where there are actually evil strongholds. Uh, where wicked spirits, they sit up there on these thrones in these like air fortresses and they, they look down, they plan, they scheme, they plot, and they think what can we do to this city to cause sin to be elevated in the city? What can we do over here to destabilize the country? What can we do for those under our jurisdiction to get them to fall away from the Lord? And on and on the planning goes. Now there will come a time when Michael the archangel is going to take Satan and all of his uh, forces and they're going to be thrown down from that position right now of what we would call air superiority. They're going to get thrown down, down here. Isn't that going to be amazing? They're going to get their wings clipped. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in this context of what Paul is talking about right here, He's not talking about these fortresses in the spirit realm that the enemy has. In context, what he's talking about right here is what's between your two ears. These are the fortresses, the strongholds of ways of thinking that don't line up with the Bible that hold you back from stepping into the promises of God, into the glory of God, and you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit help you change them. Is it easy? Not always. We can have ingrained traditions. We can have things even maybe in church that have become religious traditions that we got used to. I remember one time I was preaching in a church in North Carolina. A Baptist pa pastor said, he said, Brother Brooks, come preach for me. I said, okay. I preached in his church. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm no longer Baptist, I'm now a Baptocostal. <laughs> I said, praise God. So he's praying over, uh, praying for people and all kinds of uh, miracles start happening in his church. And uh, that was really fun. That was really fun. But when I first started preaching in his church, uh, you know, they had the Sunday school service. When that finished, you know, he taught that. Then when that finished, the main service, now it's, you know, do, do a little uh, praise and worship. Now it's time for me to preach. But after they did the, uh, the Sunday service, every single person, to be like everybody in here, got up and walked out of the building. Wow. And the only people left in the building were me and my wife sitting on the front row and a deaconess sitting right over there. Wow. And everybody left. The pastor, elders, everybody. I thought this was unusual. I don't think I've ever had this happen before. A complete walkout. And uh, my wife asked the lady, she said, um, could you explain to us what's going on? Oh, she said, oh, yes. She said, smoke break. They're all, they all went out to smoke cigarettes. Mm. Oh, I said, all of them? The pastor? Oh, she said, yeah, all of them. Pastor, pastor's wife, elders, elders' wives, all of them. The whole church. The whole church. Everybody. Hmm. Pastor Stephen, we need to pull down the strongholds. They're way up there in the sky. These are different strongholds. They're right here. And if you don't let the Holy Spirit help you change things, some things will kill you. You do know you can smoke, die, 
and still go to heaven. You're just probably going to get there about 30 years too soon. Right? <laughs> right? Well, she died of cancer. Uh, she died at the age of 45. You were supposed to have hit 85 according to God's plan, but you never made it. Why? You didn't renew your mind. You didn't say, I need to deal with these things. Praise God. Well, you're going to go into the glory, and God's going to help you. And I believe God's going to help you transition into a higher way of thinking. Okay. So this is the pulling down of strongholds. And I can prove to you that he's talking about strongholds in your mind. Verse 5. Casting down arguments. See, arguments. What, is, what are arguments based on? Usually intellectual pride. Well, I know more than you. Well, I know something too. And the next thing you know, you know, now you're in a big argument. See, those things. So those arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, well, if it's coming against knowledge, it's back to the same thing again, thoughts, intellectualism, things along that line. Bringing every what? Thought, okay? Where are thoughts at in your mind? Bringing them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is talking about the change going on where? In here, to these thoughts. So you have all these different things today. And you can, you can even be a Christian, but have, you can have ideologies of communism. You can be maybe a Christian, and you, you just, maybe it's the way you grew up, and you just think socialism is good. You, you could have other types of uh, wrong thinking. You could even maybe think some, something about evolution is true. Isn't that interesting? I've met preachers. I've met preachers before who somehow still accept some form of evolution. It's really interesting, isn't it? Can I see your iPad just for a second? You see this? Let's pretend you and I just went to Mars. And we're the first humans on Mars, right? You and me, right? We're walking around in our spacesuits on Mars. We even got there before Elon Musk. How about that? And we're walking around on Mars. And as we're walking around on Mars, there's a boulder over here. And look at that. Look, look at this. There's an iPad sitting on top of that boulder. And now the atheist says, that's just coincidence. That must have evolved over billions and billions of years. Really? This looks to me like something somebody made. It looks to me. Look at all of that it does. Looks like to me somebody is behind this and designed this. Oh, no. No, that has sat there for billions and billions of years. Isn't it interesting they somehow just think that the bigger numbers you throw out, that somehow solves all the problems. The bigger we make the numbers, that just somehow solves it all. Okay? See, that just evolved over billions and billions of years and certain things came together just right and this was formed through evolution. Now, why do I just get the idea somebody designed it? Why? But yet your body's way more complex than that. The universe, the world is way more complex than that. But you can have people in the church. They love Jesus. They're saved. But they see, they're confused. Why? This has not been renewed. They've never really read or meditated on the book of Genesis. Chapters 1 through 2. God created the heavens and the earth. So they don't know that. And they go off to some university. And they get mixture. And those things will hold you back. Be very careful the teaching you sit under. Why? Because everything has a spiritual taproot. Mm -hmm. If you go to a secular university, mm. 
I'm going I'm to tell you the truth. There's an evil spirit reigning over it. Mm. Now, there are some universities that were founded and established in America, and they were established actually to raise up missionaries. Mm -hmm. Yale University. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's a very liberal place. It is today. It didn't used to be. They used to raise up the most preeminent ministers and send them all over the world. What happened? They, they went into darkness and an evil spirit came and the holy angel left. Every university is under either a holy angel or an evil spirit. Hmm. Every Bible college has an angel over it. Mm -hmm. The most excellent angels are the ones over the Pentecostal Bible colleges. Hallelujah. Why? There's more light. There's more power. There's more freedom of the Holy Spirit. There's an angel over every church. But let me go back to the universities just for a moment. Be very careful, parents, where you send your children to. I talked to a great minister. If I said his name, everybody here would know him. A few weeks, uh, actually a couple months now, when I had lunch with him. And I asked about his granddaughter. Oh, Pastor Stephen. It hurts to even talk about it. I said, what? what? He said, she, is, she won a four-year scholarship at a leading prestigious university. She goes off. She loves Jesus. Loves to pray. Loves to come to church. Loves her father and mother. Love, loves God. And she goes off. Four years fully paid. Probably about a $200,000 scholarship. Comes back. It didn't happen overnight, but comes back four years later. A flaming, God-hating atheist. And he's like, he's like, well, Brother Stephen, the thing that grieves me is I was one patting her on the back, sending her off. Go and be blessed. We thought, free scholarship. Go and be blessed. It wasn't. See, be very careful on the path you walk on. It may look like light originally. You look down the path and you'll see, no, it ends in darkness. Why? The evil angel that's over that university is responsible for disseminating false truth, false religion, false teachings. And that's why you get these professors that begin to work on these young and impressionable students and they're, they're still in the formation process of their values and their beliefs. Mm. Your legs need to be consecrated to God. Amen. Why? So you walk where He wants you to walk. Amen. Mm. Mm. A very holy prophet one time was getting ready to go to a meeting. And he said, um, he said Lord, I'm going to go minister in this certain city. And the Lord said, I don't want to go to that city. Mm. He said, well, <laughs> Lord, I didn't know that. And the Lord said, you can go if you want. But he said, I'm not going. Mm. <laughs> I won't name the city. It's not Atlanta. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Woo! Some cities actually take pride in their sin. Mm. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean perhaps that other ministers wouldn't be called there. But this was a minister that had a ministry designated with a very close walk with God, designated with holiness, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders. The Lord said, I don't, want, I don't want you going there. So your walk has to be consecrated, regardless of the door that would open for you. Mm. 
So always talk things over with the Lord. The strongholds start getting dismantled. See, the Holy Spirit will go into your mind and dismantle. What does it mean? It means sometimes you actually have the wrong mantle on. It has to be dismantled. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some ministers, they get the mantle of intellectualism. But sickness and this disease don't respond to the fact whether or not you know Hebrew or Greek. That will not impress a demon. <laughs> not at all. And they don't care if you have a PhD either. Now it's nice to have that. But that doesn't move the devil. And you can have a real polished sermon and use words that some, some of the words have 18 letters in them. But that, that doesn't mean the Spirit of the Lord comes on that. See what I'm saying? Woo, thank you, Jesus. So sometimes there has to be a dismantling in order for the wrong stuff to be taken off and for the right stuff to come on you. Do you remember the story with blind Bartimaeus? Now he's totally blind. Can't see nothing. And he's in the crowd, and Jesus is going by, and the people said Jesus is coming by. So Bartimaeus, he starts shouting real loud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All the Jewish people knew what that meant. Son of David. That meant that that is a title that the scribes said when he comes, the Messiah, he will be identified as the son of David. So for Bartimaeus to be saying out loud, son of David, he's basically saying, Jesus, I believe you're the Messiah. Amen. Guess who heard that? Jesus did. But he still kept on walking. And he, he, Bartimaeus just got louder. Jesus, son of David. You know, it feels nice to be called the right thing. They called him some other names in Nazareth. We won't get into that. But they roughed him up in Nazareth. Woo! Yeah, they tried to kill him. Mm. It's nice. It's nice when you're celebrated, not just tolerated. You want to work somewhere where you're appreciated and valued. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus finally stops this massive crowd and says, Call him. Tell him to come. And those say, Woo! You've just gotten the thumbs up. You got the green light from Jesus. He said, come on. Now they're all behind him as if they were acting like they were the whole time. See, remember, some of your sometimes your carnal friends can be very finicky. But you know if, the, if you won the lottery, the next moment they're there with you. I've been here, I've been your best friend your whole life. You know, I've been there with you all the time. And you know they're lying. Amen. So always stay with the Lord. Stay with Jehovah Jireh. You won't need a lottery ticket. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, he comes to see Jesus. What does he do before he stands before Jesus? Now remember, he's still blind, right? He takes his garment and does what with it? He throws it away when he's still blind. See, it's called the beggar's garment. But you could not legally or officially beg unless you had that garment. They had a problem in Tampa Bay a few years back where you had a lot of homeless people in the city and, you know, you get the homeless person begging for money, standing out in the middle of the intersection, almost getting running over, right? We see that sometimes in downtown Charlotte. And so we have a problem. We don't want people to get run over for a chicken sandwich. Or for, you know, a dollar or 25 cents. So in, in Tampa Bay, what they did is they gave, they gave licensed fluorescent beggar's garments. And you got to wear it. And if you had it, 
First of all, you're probably not going to get run over by a truck because they can see you now with your nice bright little garment. But it was also the city giving endorsement, you're homeless, you ain't got nothing, you can give that person something if you're okay about it. Right? So what Bartimaeus had on was a legal beggar's garment that allowed him and permitted him to beg. And if you didn't have it, they would not let you sit there and do that. So what does he do before he sees Jesus with a crowd of thousands of people? He throws it away. And you know, the natural mind says, well, you better keep that because if this doesn't work and you throw it away, you're never going to find it again in this crowd. That's what some people are trying to do. They come up to me with their beggar's garment. Pastor Stephen, I want you to pray for me that God's power hit me and I'll be healed. And I look behind them, they're holding that garment. Pastor Stephen, I haven't walked in four years. Oh, do you believe tonight's your night? Yes, I do. Good. What's that handicap sticker doing hanging in your window out there in your car? Well, I'm leaving that just in case God don't come through for me. You need to go sit back down. Amen. Right? I'm sorry, am I getting too honest tonight? <laughs> Something comes over me in Atlanta. I feel real honest. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. So the Lord, can He can differentiate between real faith and just people that are curiosity seekers and people that are still, they're holding back. They have not really stepped out in faith. See, all of that, all of that is going on up here. You have to get rid of the beggar's garment. The beggar's garment. And let the Holy Spirit deal with your mind and your mentality. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. See, when I grew up, we were real poor. And we were privileged by the government to have all the free peanut butter and cheese that we wanted from the good old Uncle Sam. Because we had the food stamps and stuff like that. And so we ate, we ate the government cheese and the peanut butter. I'm sometimes still constipated 40 years later. No, just joking. I feel pretty loose and limbered up. Hallelujah. I think it's finally all left my system. Hallelujah. After 40 years. See, that is the purpose for prayer and fasting, that you might be cleansed from the defilement of the peanut butter and, and the 20-pound uh, blocks of cheese they gave. Hallelujah. But see, whenever we invited somebody over to my, our house, it was a special occasion. What did that mean? That meant my mother made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cut them in little pieces for the guest. That's high living right there, peanut butter and jelly. That means we pulled the jelly out and get some bread. Mm -hmm. But see, I came out of poverty. What, what is all of that? That's all this stuff on my mind. All of it on my mind. And it puts you in bondage. The preacher would stand up on Sunday morning. His name was uh, Pastor Rich. R-I-C-H. Pastor Rich. He'd stand up there. I mean, he'd preach so hard. He'd sweat. Neck, uh, 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 blood vessels bulging out of his neck. God doesn't want you to have any of this world's goods. God wants you to be poor and humble and holy. And his name was Pastor Rich, but we made sure we kept him poor. Because that's what we preached. That's what he preached. We're going to hold him to his word. And boy, he was poor, poor. I was sitting in the church with my brothers one day. And we, walked, we watched as he went up the mount, up the steps to go take the pulpit. 
He went up the steps and reached over to pick up his Bible. And them old Sanzibelt slacks were so wore out. They were so wore out and he preached. You could almost see his underwear through his pants. Bless his heart. Trying to pick his Bible up. He was so poor. He had old, just one pair of wore out old slacks. That's it. Mm. All that stuff gets on your head. It's on your mind. And you grow up under that. Imagine decades of that. I had, I had like 18 years of that. It, poverty. Hard Hard poverty. Mm. Living in Mississippi. Mm. At that time, the poorest state in the whole nation. Yeah. Mm. Out on a field. We grew cucumbers. You can have all the cucumbers you wanted. My, my parents told me, son, you can have all the cucumbers you want. I had about three. That's all I wanted. But there's millions left over. All these cucumbers. And then we had a, we had a cucumber failure. Some, some kind of bug ate all the cucumbers. Then my father gets another idea. We're going to grow pimento peppers. Pimento peppers, yeah. Yeah. We're going to move beyond peanut butter, boys. We're going to get pimento peppers. We're going to, that way we have pimento cheese sandwiches. Whatever we want. So we planted acres and acres of pimento peppers. And then something killed all the pimento peppers. My dad said, that didn't work. No more pimento peppers. We're going into the cattle industry. I'm going to be a cattle baron, boys. Yep. We'll get some cattle. So we got all these, got all these cows. My dad goes in the debt, plunges himself in the debt, buys all these cows. Now there's cows walking all out in front of the house. Cows in the back of the house. <laughs> you know, cows using the bathroom all over the place. We're going to go into the beef industry. Then that, now the cows all start getting sick. This cow's sick, that cow's sick, they all get pink eye. All these diseases going through all the cows. One night my out when it was like 20, 20 degrees cold and mud all over the place. My dad got so fed up he just called the rancher down the road and the rancher came and picked all of them up one night. He said, get them all out of here. I can't stand this one more. <laughs> and see, the whole time, we never knew about the blessing of God. The blessing of God. And so the, all these things in your life. See, you can't help what you're born into. But you can do something about it now. Amen. And get into that book and just start dismantling. Start dismantling. Anything that doesn't belong there. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Just take that fortress completely apart and be free. And build up your mind with the strength of God's Word. Thank you, Jesus. Get breakthroughs and miracles in your life. And then I came over into the Pentecostal spirit field experience. Praise God. Got filled with the Holy Spirit. Spoke in tongues. And then I went back to the church that I belonged to that was evangelical, didn't believe in that. I told them it's of God. And they kicked me out of the church. Praise God. Not literally, but said that's not going to fly around here. So I left. I left. Went over amongst the Pentecostals full time. But see, even amongst the Spirit-filled believers, sometimes you can have religious stuff. You know what I mean about and I, I began to see that it seemed like to me only great elite ministers could have experiences with God. And only super select people could ever be called into the ministry. So I, I thought, well, God would never call me into the ministry. So I'm sitting in church one day. And uh, I'd been doing all kinds of work around the church, helping out the pastor, cleaning the toilets, cleaning the sanctuary, just doing this for months and months and months. I'm sitting in the back of the church. And the church was packed on a Sunday morning and the pastor was preaching. And he stops right in the middle of the service and says, well, we all know Brother Brooks sitting back there. We all know he's called by God into the ministry. And every single head turned around and looked at me. And I, saw, I thought, dear God, I said, they're all wrong. How do they believe something like that? See, I had been so 
stuff pounded into me of a condemnation. Never having any knowledge of God's grace, any knowledge of God's mercy, always feeling unworthy and things like that. But God chose me. Hallelujah. And God's got a plan for you too. Praise the Lord. And the more I began to go after the Lord, the more the Lord began to bless me with what I would call supernatural experiences. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want to tell you that you can have just as much of God as you want. And you need to go after the Lord with all of your heart. Amen. Remember Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It says, I know the plans that I have for you. The thoughts that I have for you. To give you a hope and an expected end. But verse 13 says, you'll find Him when you search for Him with all of your heart. Amen. So you really have to be willing to lay it all on the line. And if you do that, then God will begin to reveal to you the destiny, the future that He has planned for you. I began to realize that God did have a call for me for ministry. And then, after I got into the ministry, I had the wildest, craziest thought. I thought, I wonder if God would ever allow me to minister beyond just maybe a certain state, maybe beyond even this nation. I somehow had this wild idea that God could even send me to the nations. And you know what? It was true. It was of the Lord. And so what I would do every Sunday evening when I was in my, uh, my late 20s, I did this for like two years. I would go out to a softball field that was really close to our house. And on Sunday evenings, there would be nobody there. And I would go to the bleachers and walk on the bleachers back and forth and just speak in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. And the more I did that, the more I could see myself getting on a 747 jet and flying all over the world. Amen. And I just kept doing that every Sunday night. With no passport, nowhere to go. I'm going to the nations. I can't shake it. I can't get rid of it. And I just kept seeing it. And thus it's happened. My wife and I have traveled all over the planet. We traveled so far one time, we left, and I went around the whole world and came back exactly where I started at. Amen. Wow. Did, I went completely around the planet, and I've been all over the planet ever since. Just going, going, going. So you can pray your way into it, Amen. you can faith your way into it, wow. and you can also give your way into it. Amen. And you have to sow into your destiny. Yeah. Relax, I'm not taking an offering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Although the spirit of giving gets on you, you can do whatever you want to do. Praise the Lord. But, you know, I, I would also sow into it. Praise God. And I just remember that when it came time for me to go, people started sowing into my life. I remember uh, I was fixing to go to Uganda. And I, I remember this one evangelist, uh, Tim Story. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of him. Uh, from Southern California. He gave me $1,000 uh, just to use to help out for the trip. And other money began to come in. And just and so we're off. And just nation after nation after nation began to happen. So you can pray your way into it. Sow your way into it. And use your faith to step into it. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So here's what I feel for some of you tonight. You feel a little bit stuck. You feel like, I think it could happen. I would like for it to happen. But I need a little bit more... Maybe motivation? Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Did you ever notice 
that you'll never really study anything that you don't have an interest in. Unless you're in high school and you're forced to. Or you're in college and you have to do it just to pass, right? But outside of that, you don't read things or read about stuff or study things unless you have a natural interest in it. So you gravitate towards what interests you. You follow where I'm going? Okay. So this is what I want to say. It is not God's responsibility to motivate you. It's yours. And you have to find something big enough to get you up out of bed in the morning. And if you don't have it, you will languish in the land of boredom. And by the way, it's a dangerous place to be. Hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God wants to do the most outlandish, wildest thing that He has put in your heart. I'm talking about following your heart. It will take all of your prayer life. It will take all of your faith. It will take the best sowing of your seed to fulfill the destiny that God has called you to do. And it really is that big and it really is that good. We have a corporate destiny as a church, but you also have an individual destiny as a person. And you need to know what it is, and you need to lock onto it, and you need to be willing to pay the price to step into it. Praise God. If you will stay motivated and stay on it by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, there really is an element where God will touch you. Hear, hear what I'm about to say. He will touch you with an invincibility. Nobody can take you out and nobody can take you down. If the devil could, he already would have. So obviously he can't. Praise the Lord. But you lock on to that high vision and God's power will come upon your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to show you something amazing in the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Let's take a look at this tonight. This is really interesting. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Say, I'm going into the glory. Say, I got to go into the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, revival, spiritual awakening, will demand your all. But that's okay. You know why? What else is there to do, really? We need to hurry up and get out of church. Why? What's on TV? What's so great that's on TV that we're missing that we have to leave the presence of God? We need to hurry up and go. Uh, why? What's greater than what we have in the Lord? Well, I don't know. But then why do we need to go? Right? There have been moves of God that have been so intense that they've run every night for years and years. And those that are in it know let's not stop because there is nothing higher anywhere else anyhow. I mean, you still work during the day. You still have your responsibilities, raise the kids, be a good spouse, and, you know, you try to do everything that you need to do. But when the glory is there, why would anybody want to back out of it? It would only be because of deception. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There was a revival in London. Oh, maybe it was about 50 years back. And one man was attending these meetings. And he was on the leadership committee of the church. 
And th these meetings were heavy. Heavy. Every night. I mean, it was like walking into a blast furnace. The Spirit of God was moving so strong on people. It was just, it was outrageous some of the stories he told me of what was going on in those meetings. And a lot of it God was doing through a 16-year-old girl whose father was a man of ill repute who ran a house of prostitution and she grew up in that. And she was the young girl that the Spirit of God fell on. And you could not walk into that church without the Holy Spirit telling her everything going on in your life. And it was a church where the presence of God was so strong that if you came into that church in sin, I'm talking about unrepented sin, we can all miss it, right? But I'm talking about unrepented sin. It would, every single time, get exposed publicly. Either through the preaching, or either through prophecy through that girl, or either through tongues and interpretation for others. It would God would not allow it. It was too hot. It was too hot. You could not stay in that church unless you wanted to live right and live for the Lord. One night, because the meetings sometimes run to 1 o'clock in the morning, one night one of the elders said to the other leaders, Men, these meetings are too demanding, too extracting. I, I say that we should shut the meetings down at 9 o'clock. After all, we have to get up for work the next morning. Kids have to get up for school. We have things to do. He said, I believe we should just shut it down no matter what's going on. Shut it down at 9 o'clock. So the next night, the meeting's just rolling. It's on fire. It's, on, it's just God's moving. So he goes and stands by the back doors, the double doors, at like 8.55. Because at 9 o'clock, he's ready. He's ready to shut it down. He's going to shut God down at 9 o'clock. <laughs> and that young, that young teenage girl goes walking up to him under the anointing heavy anointing heavy anointing goes walking up to him in front of everybody everybody's watching and says to him something along this line thus says the Lord God of the whole universe would you try to shut me down and lock me in into your tiny little span of time and he just, and he just the prophecy came out of her so powerful he just he just just nailed him. Let, put him on the floor for hours. Put him on the floor for hours. So you just let it run. Let it run. Hallelujah. Glory. Because you can't you can't make these things happen. So when it happens, you really need to go with the flow. Revivals are messy. It says in the book of Proverbs that without the oxen, the stall is clean. But but you want oxen. Who cares if there's a mess? We'll clean it up later. What does the oxen represent? The apostolic ministry. They pulled the heavy loads. Paul referred to them also in, in uh, the, uh, his writings to the church in Corinth. Praise the Lord. But you just, you just jump in and let the Holy Spirit work. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. But see, it can, re it can begin in your life personally. Tonight. Over these, over these several days that we're together, I believe for many of you it's already happening. A turning to the Lord. An awakening to the Lord. To put more into prayer. Just to really, uh, how can I say, go for it. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, when's the last time you just actually just like worked up a sweat in prayer and when you finished praying, you were exhausted. could hardly get off the floor. But see, we do crazy things for sports. Jump up and down and scream and holler for people that we don't even personally know. And you know they sure don't know you. All <laughs> right? 100,000 people in the stadium going crazy and nobody even knows 11 people on the field. 
except maybe their parents and a few others. All those things are distractions. It's about your destiny is very important. So you have to be really uh, willing to lean in and go after the things of the Holy Spirit. Well, this is an interesting story. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Are you there? It says it, it happened in the spring of the year at the time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. 2 Samuel. Thank you, Apostle Tim. Thank you. 2 Samuel, chapter 11. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. Uh, Rabbah is only 40 miles away from Jerusalem. Uh, Modern-day Rabbah is actually the city of Ammon, which is the capital of the nation of Jordan. So this is not very far. This is not like David couldn't pack a, a lunch and head out with the group and, and go along. So he stays back. It says David, but David remained at Jerusalem. Verse 2, then it happened, and the whole world has taught for thousands of years about what happened. Is that correct? Is that in your B-I-B-O-L-E? I was reading this story in my Bible one one day, it was part of my daily Bible reading. I just kind of going through the Bible. It happened on this day that this was my Bible reading. I opened it up and I, I was reading that and I read it and I thought, that's very interesting. And I was actually on a fast. It was on day eight of a fast. I hadn't eaten any food, but I felt really comfortable, really relaxed, just sitting at a coffee table in a chair and meditating on what I had just read to you. And I looked up and I could see an angel flying towards me at a very fast rate of speed. Not all angels have wings, but this one did. And he flew, and he even went through the wall of the building that I was in, and came inside the, the, the little television studio where I was at, and the little, where I was reading my Bible at, there at the desk, and he then landed and he walked up to me. And the first thing he said to me was this. He said, David, did not have a lust problem. I thought, I thought he did. Up until that point, I just thought he was kind of drooling. You know, looking out that window. Mm, mm, what do I want to go see today? Mm. But, you know, see, most of the men were gone to the battle. We can't put the weight on Bathsheba. Well, she shouldn't have been bathing on top of the roof. Well, what's the big deal? All the guys are gone. You just got a little skeleton crew running David's castle, you know, keeping the beds made and keeping the house clean. Almost everybody else is over there in battle. Well, this is really David's, David's problem here. And the angel said he didn't have a lust problem. So I was like, whoa, what's going on? And the angel said he lost his vision and he lost his motivation and he had lost his passion. And what happened? He got into trouble. I told you boredom is dangerous. Boredom is dangerous. How do we cure it? You need something that motivates you. Something big. Pastor Stephen, I'm making $18 an hour. You've stirred me up in faith tonight. I'm going to believe God for $20 an hour. Well, I, I don't know if that's going to really light the fire. You see what I'm saying? You need something to light your fire and to challenge you where you must be in prayer, 
You must be in the Word and you must be seeking God daily because your personal destiny and the calling that God has for you is so important that you must go through and break through. For many of you, you'll be the first one in your family lineage to ever do it. Nobody in your family, immediate family, grandparents, great none of them have ever done it. You'll be the first one. You'll be the trendsetter. You'll be the one with the breaker anointing. But you, you, need that, you need to go for the thing that God has put in your heart. You really need to go after that. Or else you'll end up hanging out in Jerusalem. Wrong place, wrong time. There is a time to go to Jerusalem. The holy city. Let's go up the mountain. And so you go up to Jerusalem. Well, this was a time David should have said, let's leave the mountain. Time to go kill somebody today. Right? Praise the Lord. Kings go off to war. I feel that some of you have not been going off to war. Therefore, you do like David. Lay around in the bed. Hmm. Wonder what's on TV today. I think I'm going to record the young and restless on my DVR. I'm going to have to find out what happened. And I sure want to catch that game show at 11 o'clock in the morning. I feel like the price is right today. And spin that wheel. Hallelujah. And then you just get up. No motivation. Nothing to inspire you. And then the next thing you know, you're in trouble. Why? Wrong place, wrong time. And it's not God's responsibility to motivate you. It's yours. He gives you the vision. But you must go after the Lord. So to be neutral in your faith can be very, very harmful to you. Your faith needs a project. Did you hear me? This man of God has now extended into an orphanage in India. He's already been to India three times. This year. Your faith must be constantly growing. Amen. Because it's like a muscle. Yes. So there are some things you've already experienced, you've already done. So you need to go on. Go on to the next level. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Can you say yes? yes. Can, I show, can I show you something amazing that God told David later? After the meltdown? Maybe, maybe this will help some of you. Watch this. Mm. Are you sure you want to see it? Yes. Chapter 12. Verse 8. God spoke it through the prophet. Verse 8. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives. Wow. Gave them a castle. Would that motivate some of you to build your own dream home? Hmm. I got one real quiet yes somewhere way over there. Thank you. And gave you the house of Israel and Judah. Made him a king. Wow. Now look at this. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. The only problem, he didn't ask. If he would have asked, even having been made the king of Israel, and having been raised up out of a sheep pen to the place now. Wow. But God said, if that still had not been enough, I could have taken you and even other places. All you have to do is ask. 
You didn't need to go over here. You lost your vision. You lost your motivation. You lost your passion for your calling. David had dual anointing. One was the great psalmist of Israel. Sit under a tree, pull out the heart, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. Write a bestseller that was the number one song in all of Israel. Get the royalties and have a nice time. He was a sweet psalmist of Israel. But then he would sit down the harp, come over here, pull out a sword, and cut the head of an enemy off. That is a very diverse dual anointing. Mm. From beautiful music to a bloodbath. Mm. Praise God. But don't forget, God anointed him for that. And he said, he said, God so anointed him that he could bend a bow of bronze. Well, that's just metaphorical language. No, it's not. They did stuff like that under the anointing. He said, I can leap over a wall. They literally did things like that. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. So, you need to go after the glory. Amen. You need to go after the good stuff. Because God can do it for you. Amen. The Lord told Jeremiah, there's nothing too hard for me. Amen. Mm. Do you feel a little bit bored? Don't raise your hand. You feel like I've been on this plateau too long. Hmm. Then you need to go to the next vision. You need to go to the great breakthrough that God has for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's blessed my ministry. My ministry is expanding. My ministry is growing. The various branches of the ministry are fruitful. And I'm happy. But I said, Lord, I don't want to get stuck just kind of like get in like this mechanization of a machine where this is what we do. I said, Lord, I want to I want to use my faith on something new. I want to go into something that I have not broken into yet. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. When I first started traveling, we would just fly, you know, uh, economy fly here, fly there, flew all over the world, economy, and sometimes it was pretty rough. Have you ever sat for 17 hours in a little tiny chair, never move? Yes, amen. It's a long time. I'm talking a little 17 hours, the real deal. Just sit there, and uh, maybe you're in the back of the back of the back, next to the toilet, stuff like that. You get that wonderful fragrance that comes uh, whenever the door opens and the system is now full, but yet people still keep on going. Well. I know what that's like. And so I've also been stranded in remote places because of miscommunication, because of flying these horrible flights. I've been on flights before. I was on a flight one time, I won't say the country, but when we landed, we landed so hard, uh, it almost blew the tires out of the airplane. It's like the plane fell out of the sky the last 20 feet. And uh, people were, I mean, had severe back injuries and all kinds of uh, neck problems and stuff like that. Just weird things, weird things. All and all, that's kept me safe. And I praise the Lord as I went. Had a really good time. Then as some of you know who've maybe read about the, the vision I had, I recorded it in one of my books. One night I, I went down to the office to pray. I told my wife, I feel like the Lord wants to talk to me. And I said, I'm going to go to the office and pray. So I went down to my office and I got there at 8 o'clock at night. I said, Lord, I sense somehow that you want to talk to me. So I'm going to stay here tonight and I'm going to just pray and I'm all ears. Anything you want to say, I'm all ears. So I started praying. 
I started praying hard. Eight o'clock at night. Started praying. Sweating. Praying. I felt like I'd been on my knees for hours. Boy, I was pushing it. And I looked at my watch, it said 8.15. Went back to praying. And pray, pray, exhausted, wore out. I knew I hit the midnight hour. And I looked at my watch, it said 9 o'clock. You talking brass heaven? It felt like my prayer went right there and just bounced off and just flopped on the floor. I said, my goodness, Lord. Whew, but I kept on going. I kept on going. I finally made it to 11 o'clock at night. And I felt totally wiped out. And I felt like the whole time, got to like it had all been a total waste of time. I felt like no anointing. I, I mean, no anointing. You couldn't even get a piece of paper to move. Whew, nothing, nothing. No anointing on anything. No gold dust. No glory. Just, just dead, dead, dead. But you know we walk by faith. Not by sight. You have to because you don't get any feeling sometimes. No internal witness. No external witness either. But it was 11 o'clock and I was just depleted, wiped out, and I honestly kind of flustered. I said, well, Lord, I don't understand it. I really sense like you wanted to talk to me. And, you know, I, I've spent this time and I, I, I'm real tired. But I said, I'm going to do the best I can to stay here until you say what you would like to say. And if it takes all night, by your grace, somehow, I will stay up all night. And I went back into it. Not as much gusto, but I went back into it. Kept on praying. And at 11.10, I hit the gusher. I hit the gusher. A light began to form in the upper part of my room, a ball of light. It began to move and it began to swirl. And a voice came out of that light. Said, I want to talk with you about your ministry. It was the Lord. And he talked with me about my ministry, talked with me about countries I would be going to the ministry of the gospel, shared certain things about my ministry. And then when he was done, he stepped out of that light and stood before me. I'm having a vision. Okay, so I can see him. I can tell you exactly what color his hair is. I can tell you exactly what color his eyes are. But some of those are my secrets. Praise God. Amen. You'll see too. You'll have your own experiences with him too. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. I've never seen one painting that's really quite got it right yet. I've seen two that are really, really close. I've seen hundreds of paintings of Jesus, you know, throughout the church ages. I've only seen two that are just almost, I'm talking like 98% there. But he stood before me and he said, I have a gift for you. Anybody like to receive gifts? Yes. Praise God. If you didn't say yes, I'll pray for you after the service for lying. Hallelujah. Amen. This is deliverance conference, right? Amen. <laughs> he said, I have a gift for you. I said, yes, Lord. I'd like to receive it. And uh, the Lord, uh, he was somehow able to, uh, it's like a curtain appeared behind him and he took his hand and he grabbed the edge of the curtain and he pulled it back. And when he pulled the curtain back, there was my gift. And it was the biggest horse I've ever seen in my life. It was a horse. 
his, his, his like shoulders would be above the ceiling right here. And, uh, the neck was gigantic. This was not a racehorse. This was like an old world, old European Belgian draft horse. The neck was ginormous. And the back, and the, the, the back was like higher than this roof, maybe 15 feet in the air. And big, huge legs and massive chest. And the Lord pointed to that horse and said, that's your angel over your international travels. And he said, the watch. He said, because of this angel that I'm giving to you, from this day forward, whenever you travel internationally in the, in the ministry, he said, you will now go business class. Woo! How about that? How about that? I said, wow. I looked at it. I mean, this thing's total white, massive and strong. I said, Lord, I receive. I receive. Hallelujah. Uh, did you know, a little side note, did you know that angels have the ability to change shape? Yes. Praise God. See, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells you, be careful when entertaining strangers, you just might be entertaining an angel. Well, that means they can change appearance. That means they can look just like a person, and then they can, they can somehow change from an angel to look just like a person. Check the person next to you. Say, are you who you appear to be? <laughs> if, if your hand goes through them, uh, let us know. <laughs> they, they, can, they, can, they can even turn themselves into buildings. They can turn themselves into a gas station. One friend uh, talked about the time his car ran out of gas and it just rolled and rolled and rolled into a gas station. And a person came out and did all, all the work for free on the car and he went on to his meeting. He was going to go preach and then he came back later to thank the person at the gas station. There was no gas station, nothing. Nothing there. Nothing there at all. Just cactus. That was it. And if you read through the book of Zechariah, you'll see also the angels appearing in the form of horses. It flat out tells you they're angels. Very interesting. Even John Wesley, the conservative evangelical minister, said these are obviously angels that have the ability to change into the form of horses. Praise God. Well, I had an international trip come up, and the money supernaturally came in for us to go on that trip. And it happened over and over and over and over again. I, there, there was one trip... The angel cut it really close. Real close. This was a large conference that I was speaking at. And everybody else already had their tickets. Already had their overseas preparations set up. Except for, guess who? Me, the speaker. But nobody knows it but me and the Lord and my wife. And um, I, I wouldn't say I was sweating it. But I know how ticket prices go up dramatically within two weeks. If you get within the two-week window... You're, you can pay double, all kinds of goofy stuff like that. And I said, Lord, um, I said, you know what you're doing. And I said, Lord, you also know that I'm getting real. I'm like just days out from that two-week window. Something has to happen, and, and it needs to happen quick. Because I've got to get my uh, business class tickets, three of them. And so, and so uh, one night, my wife and I went to sleep. And she sat up in the bed at about 11 o'clock at night. She said, Stephen, something's not right. I said, what do you mean? She said, something's not right. She said, there's, I sense there's mail that was supposed to have come in 
and something's going wrong with it. And to make a long story short, she had me go down to the church and check the office trash cans just in case something got thrown away that shouldn't have got thrown away. And we don't even know if something did get thrown away. We don't even know if something did come in. So I go down to the church. It's about midnight. And I, I start looking through all the office trash and realize it's all been taken out already. And it's out in the dumpster. And the big trucks come in in the morning to dump the dumpster in the back and go to the, you know, you'll never get it once it's gone there. So I'm looking at this dumpster. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a mess. All kinds of stuff in there. And so I open up the trash can dumpster outside and uh, take the first bag. The thing's loaded, of course, with bags of trash. Take the first bag out. Start opening it up. Yep. There's that leftover pizza from the pizza party last week. Yeah, those are the bananas somebody ate. Uh, and just go through all that trash. Nope, nothing there. Start going through the whole dumpster. Trash bag by trash bag. Now, I needed, I needed $12,100 to get the tickets. And I had, I had like 26 hours or something like that to get them. And so I'm digging through this trash. I get to the filing to the very bottom trash bag of the whole dumpster. Isn't that interesting how things are? And I open it up and go through all of it, go through all the coffee rinds that were thrown out that week. And there, at the bottom of the bag, that, that looks like an envelope that hasn't been opened. And I pick it up and look at it. And although all this wet stuff was in the bag, the envelope is dry and in perfect condition. And um, found out later that our administrator... Uh, had uh, taken the mail that day and just thought that was like a piece of junk mail. You know, one of those credit card applications or something, you just, you just threw it away. We now have new policies, of course. All mail must be open. And um, even if it looks like it's from Ed McMahon, Publisher's Clearinghouse, open that just in case Mr. McMahon made a donation to the ministry. <laughs> and so I take that envelope out and I open it up and it's from a ministry partner. It says, Pastor Stephen, this is for you, for your ministry to use in whatever means that you seem necessary. $12,100. That's a true story. Cash it the next morning. You know, the best part of cashing checks is when they go through, right? Cashed it, you know, into the ministry and then through the ministry had the ability to get the tickets. So we're off. Hallelujah. That was, a, that was a good meeting I went off to. My offering in that meeting, remember, jealousy is a sin. Smile. My offering in that meeting that I almost didn't make it to was $87,000. Now, the devil would like to say, well, obviously that angel's quit. He's on retirement. And now you, you won't be able to make it. And I said, oh, no, that angel's at work. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But my friends, you must go on in the glory. Tell the person next to you, you must go on in the glory. I've traveled all over the world now. All over the world. You fly Air China, they take your shoes off, put your slippers on for you. That's nice. I flew to Japan, uh, Isle Pond Airlines. They fed me so much food, they had to take a wheelbarrow and roll me off. No, just joking. But they did feed me so much food. Brother Michael knows, he went with me. Just meals. Oh, I mean, five-course meal. Then all these other, just, oh, no. You can't even, can't even make a dent in it. So much food. 
All over the world. All over the world. And the seat lays flat. It's real nice. Let's go to sleep. Wake up and go minister. And you feel good because you slept on the way. It's been good. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess you're just happy. You content. I'm happy. I'm thankful. But I feel like God has more. I believe I'm going to fly to one of your meetings in the future. Come speak for you in the ministry jet. God's going to give me a ministry jet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why, Pastor Stephen? Why? Because kings go off to war. So you need to ask yourself, what are you going off to? And really needs to be that thing that motivates you and stirs you. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. Father, that thing by your Holy Spirit, for somebody with their hands up, it's a beautiful home. They're thankful for their apartment, but you got a home for them. Father, there's millions of homes. Why can't they have one? They can. You're going to help them. This is going to be their new faith project. This is going to be the reason that they get up out of Jerusalem and they go off to war. Get that thing that belongs to them. Hands up right now. Spirit of God revealing to you what that sacred thing is. Now, Father, by your Spirit, show them right now. Some of you are just beginning to see in the Spirit. Spirit of God identifying that thing for you right now. Hands up. Lord, just seal it. Show it to them. Seal it. It's the great thing. It's the gold medal thing. It's the high calling of God. It's one of the reasons you're here on this planet. So, Father, we just thank you as they're seeing that and that's being visualized. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Father God, you're going to do it because they're going to go into the glory. Put your hands on your head. Put your hands on your head. Say, Lord, Lord dismantle, dismantle any wrong thinking. Take me into your glory. Let me see it. Let me taste it. Let me touch it. Let me experience it. Let me share it. Let me tell others about it. And let me pull others into it. Keep your hands on your head just for a moment. Lord's anointing you. Lord, touch your people. Fresh oil. Ideas from heaven coming down now. Ideas coming into your spirit from God right now. It's a release right now. I believe the fragrance of the Lord is beginning to flow right now. Supernatural fragrance. Supernatural fragrance. Let the Holy Spirit take you into things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Just begin to pray in the Spirit for a moment. Just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. For the internet audiences that are watching, receive the anointing. Receive the anointing to go off to war. Receive the anointing to get up, to get your divine motivation. Receive the fire of God. Receive back the passion from God. The Lord says your sins are forgiven. God does not condemn you. Your past is behind you. Don't let that stuff hold you down. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now get up and run with renewed energy and divine power. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. The anointing's coming on you. Glory. Thank you, Father. Open up the spiritual realm. Open up the heavenly fragrance realm. Let your people begin to scale the wonders of heaven, the glories of heaven spiritually. Thank you. 
thank you, Father God. We thank you for confirming witness of your spirit. Thank you, Father God. Some of you are beginning to feel something on your feet. Something on your feet. Uh, a call to go out to the nations. The, some of you might even want to talk to Apostle Tim as your uh, pastor and say, Hey, let's, I want to stand with you when you go to the nations. Take me with you. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Some of you are being anointed with a... Uh, God, God's calling you to Israel. Hallelujah. That desire upon your heart. And for many of you, you'll be the first person in your family ever, ever to go to Israel. Nobody else has ever done it before in the history of your family. The fire of God. The fire of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. You must get up and you must go. You must get up and you must get out of Jerusalem and go off to war. And you can have it. You can have it. The angels are going with you. Angels are being signed to you right now. Lift your hands. Angels are being signed to you right now. Lift your hands. You're touching into the glory realm of heaven. Yeshua, ba ba ba. You can have it. God told David, if that had been enough, I'd have done so much more for you. Just stay with me. Run with me. Don't get distracted. I'll do anything. Oh, ba 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 ba. That thing's being released unto you now. God's going to make some of you multimillionaires. God's going to make some of you multi-millionaires. Some of you, you're going to see your, you're going to see your, your income triple. Even this year, some of you are going to see your income triple. Yes, I'm under the prophetic anointing. Receive glory, glory. Thank you, Father God. Fire coming on some of your feet. Fire coming on some of your head. Fire coming on some of your head. Receive fire, God. Receive glory, Father. We thank you. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. You put your hands down just for a moment. Perhaps you're here tonight and you're saying, you're saying, Pastor Stephen, I like it. God's obviously a good God. God obviously has great plans for His people. But if you're not saved, you cannot come into that plan. It all begins with salvation. So if you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, but you would like to, now's your night. Wave your hand at me. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you would like to receive Him as your, as your Savior. Anybody here tonight, if you're in that condition, you don't know Jesus, raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Are you here tonight? Maybe you don't know Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Everybody's washed with the blood of Jesus and is on the way to heaven. We give God praise for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you don't speak in tongues, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you would like to. Wave your hand at me. You, you don't have that, but you would like to get that. Okay, if your hand's up, please, I want to pray for you. Come stand right here. Come right now. I'll pray for you right now. It's only take five minutes. Come forward. If you're here and you do not speak in tongues, but you would like to, please come. Please come. Just stand at the front. That's good. Just stand around the carpet. Come to the front. Tonight's your night. The Lord Jesus will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He'll fill you tonight. Come on. God bless you for coming. Just come stand right, right there in that area. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When David repented and got back on track, and got back in battle, and they took that city, what did he get? A big, huge crown on his head of solid gold. They took it from the other king. There's a crown waiting for you. 
but you're going to have to go out and get it. But you can have it. Woo! Breakthrough testimonies and miracles. Hallelujah. Okay, so everybody here, you love Jesus and Jesus is your Savior, right? Sometime in some place in your life, you ask Jesus into your heart and He came in, right? Okay, you know as well as I that you just asked Him by faith and then He saved you by His grace. That's the way it works, right? Maybe you felt something, maybe you didn't. When I got saved, I... I kind of felt like a weight came off me. I felt, I felt good. But outside of that, there were no, as we would say, fireworks. That's okay. You don't need that. We take it by faith. So we're saved by grace through faith. Now, I'm going to pray for you each to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You may feel something. You may not. It doesn't matter about the feelings. All that matters is just take it by faith. Will you do that? If you take it by faith, Jesus will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Right here, I have a bottle of water. It's filled to right here. What does it mean when you're filled with the Spirit? It means it goes all the way to the top, starts coming out of the top. It's called the overflow. And when you have the overflow, all the, all the gifts of the Spirit come. And also the language of speaking in tongues is freely given to every believer who's filled. Lift your hands. Just say, Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. The overflowing. Fill me from my bottom to my top with your Holy Spirit. Help me to renew my mind. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. So fill me up tonight all the way with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now just lift your hands and say, Lord, I receive. Say, I receive. Jesus, touch everyone. Fill them with your Spirit. Thank you. Now just say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Now, look at me. Maybe you felt something. Maybe you didn't. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't feel anything. But I received the overflow or the infilling of the Spirit because I took Him by faith. You also have just been healed. And you say, praise God. Praise God. Now watch this, watch this. When I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, the pastor said, Now, Brother Stephen, begin to speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit gives you. And I opened my mouth and this language began to come out. It sounded very simple, almost childlike. It sounded like la 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 da da la da. Then it began to flow. Sa ba ba sa. Then it began to flow out of me. It wasn't English or Spanish. It was just a language about my spirit. Okay. Now that each one of you have been filled with the spirit, you all have the ability to speak in other tongues. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to count the three, and when I get the three, we'll all speak out together in tongues. And everybody will do it with us, okay? Okay? So, when I get the three, now all you have to do is open your mouth and speak. If you will speak, He will give you the utterance. Sound easy? That's all you have to do. Just open your mouth and speak it, He'll give you the utterance. If it helps you, close your eyes. Or if you don't want to miss anything, keep them open. Okay? Sound good? Are you ready? One. If you're watching on the internet, and you've never been through the Holy Spirit, Receive and do this with us. Two. Everybody out there ready? Can we all do it together on three? Okay. On three. Just 
Open your mouth and speak it. Ready? Pray. why you need tongues go much further in tongues Jesus we give you praise one more time lift your hands Father thank you thank you for your anointing thank you for the passion coming back thank you Father God I see your people taking out the sword and saying I'm stepping out of Jerusalem and I'm going to go take care of some business Hallelujah. See, that way you go back into Jerusalem with honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It's time for kings to ride off to war. Hallelujah. Prayer, motivation like you've never had before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you want to operate in certain miracle anointings. Pray. Seek. Ask God. He'll put that on your life. He'll put that on your life. Ride off to war and go get it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray in the Spirit for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hold your wallet and your purse up if you want a financial blessing. Hold your wallet and your purse. Your identification of your, of your finances. Hold it up. Your wallet your purse. Hold it up before the Lord. The Lord wants to bless you tonight. Hallelujah. 
Now, Father, you see the wallets, the purses. I'm asking, Father God, that you empower your people to prosper. I'm asking, Father God, that the anointing of Isaiah 48, 17 come on your people, upon their finances, that you are the Lord God who teaches your people to profit, who leads them in the way that they should go. And I pray that you bring them into the school of the Spirit where you begin teaching and imparting divine wisdom and divine instruction into the hearts of your people that they will get on that path of prosperity and they will come into dimensions of financial overflow that they, that, that they have only dreamed about. That according to Psalm 66, that you will lead them into that wealthy place that you have for them. We thank you, Father God. I plead the blood of Jesus over their finances and miracles of financial breakthrough upon their lives in the name of Jesus. And Father, let this house prosper. Let Apostle Tim prosper with a new financial anointing. Let him be able to run to the nations and let him raise up orphanages and Bible colleges all over the world. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. I pray for every minister watching, every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher watching, that that anointing come upon their lives, a financial prosperity, uh, that they will travel with extra, extra, extra in their pockets, and they can sow, and they can reap, and, and they can just give in the most dramatic fashions. In the name of Jesus, receive. 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 In the name of Jesus. I wanted to want you to minister to some people, Stephen, because uh, when you were speaking of the fragrances, I was smelling fresh soil. And uh, I believe the Lord is uh, sending some of these ministers to new nations, including ourselves. And there are people that are going to find themselves in a, a new landscape, a new place, a new home. Uh, so I believe the Lord is releasing the fragrances and uh, the fresh soil was uh, to me very symbolic of the new nations for the ministers here and new homes for some of the people here. The uh, Lord is doing a divine relocation for some people. Gonna, they've been in a good home, but the Lord wants to move them to a better home. Those who've been in a better home, He wants to move you to your best home. In Jesus' name. Uh, so Stephen, minister uh, to the people right now for that. In Jesus' name. Um, Apostle Tim, the Lord shows me you'll have a Bible school in St. Petersburg, Russia. This city is a holy city. It's a holy city. Praise God. Oh, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you, Father, for the fresh soil, the fragrances of heaven. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight for dreams and visions and new nations that the ministers are going to be going to, carrying the gospel, carrying the glory, carrying the new wine. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, for new homes being released, for new homes. Thank you, Father God financial glory coming on your people thank you thank you thank you now i pray father that you seal this that there also be commitment for your people to stay in the glory that they not be lured to come out for some other type of distraction that would pull them out of that flow so father we thank you that they're going to ride in the glory they're going to stay in the glory we just give you praise we thank you Seal what you've done by your spirit in Jesus' name. We all say, Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. 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 For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.